0: Critically Chaotic is a rowdy Dungeons & Dragons podcast that consists of adult themes and humor. Content warnings for this episode can be found in the episode description as well as a link to transcripts. Because of some real-life circumstances, Sayla will be missing for a few sessions, and thus Leaf will be off on a solo adventure for several episodes. Due to real-life obligations, Queen could not make it to the session, and so Mogan will be absent from this episode. Rest, weary traveler, and enjoy. In the last episode...
1: Snow went to a bar to try and cool down after her hectic day. There, she bought some snazzy new gloves, and gotten into an intense bar fight with some inappropriate patrons. Afterwards, she met the charming and kind Mitra, and the two quickly hit it off, resulting in a passionate kiss and the tentative agreement to meet again. With things looking up for Snow, it's time to check back in on Ve and see how she's been handling the stress of the past few days.
0: Uh, they went for a walk for a while and nothing too important occurred she just went for a walk tried to clear her head uh, and eventually headed home however there is a noticeable change that has occurred since being in the room with all of the fey artifacts and that is that the the whispers are now just continually present They're very soft in the back of Ve's mind, and they're not very loud. You can't pick out any distinct words, but they're definitely just there now. Uh, But Ve eventually is able to get back. Uh, Does Ve do anything upon returning home, or just goes to bed?
1: Just goes to bed. It's been a long day. It's sleepy times. Just really unfortunate choice, but she's tired.
0: Alright. And then uh Jerome and Carius, have y'all been doing anything or are y'all just in bed by now?
2: We're probably in bed by now, but I imagine we were chatting for most of the period that Snow and Faye were gone just hanging out.
3: Nope, yeah, we were just chilling, talking about things that happened in the past uh, Carius was telling Jerome a little bit about his history with Leaf, and Jerome was giving appropriate oohs and ahs the whole time.
0: Alright. Um, so then, Snow, we're gonna do a couple things. First, um, about what time do you think you would have gotten home?
4: I'm gonna say I probably got back at, like, Between 2 and 3 in the morning. Like, definitely
0: late. Okay. Alright, so... uh, Now, let's see how drunk (laughs) and then hungover you're going to be. uh, Snow. The way that it works is that um, I'll need you to roll um, a constitution save for every drink that you had... And then for each drink, the DC of drunkenness will get higher. So, so I'm going to have you roll five times and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say pass or fail. And either you or Alex or someone else can keep track of how many fail- fails you have. And then uh, that will be, that will be me telling you uh, what your drunk level is. First one is an 11. Pass. Uh,
4: next one is a nine. Fail. Yep. A nineteen. Pass. Nine. (laughs) Fail. There's a pattern here.
0: (laughs) And nineteen. Fail. All right, so that's three fails, right? Yeah. Okay, so you. Um, yes, you you were successfully drunk by the time you got home and all of that uh, set in. Uh, but you didn't really do anything after you left, so you just got home and you've gone to bed. And so now the way that hangovers work is that until your hangover is done, is gone, Uh, you are going to have the... Uh, poisoned condition.
4: Oh, (laughs) gosh.
0: Which means that you won't be taking damage, but you will have disadvantage on basically all of your rolls. Great. Love that. Oh, (laughs) no. You can get the effects reduced if you get healing of some kind. Um, So that can either be like, uh, it could be someone doing a medicine check. It'll be a high DC uh, because but that'll be the equivalent of like getting a home cure for a hangover, and then that can decrease your drunkenness, um, or you can get like an actual like healing spell, but it cannot be one that you cast on yourself. So first, Snow, you have a dream. Hey. It's
1: not me. Wait, I do. Yeah, you. Yeah, do. you do.
4: Ooh. Okay.
0: Uh, you go to bed you let your drunkenness easily whisk you into the land of dreams. And for a while, you don't really dream of anything. It's just like a nice darkness that just envelops you and you just get a good amount of rest Uh, until uh, you open your eyes and you find that you are in a forest. You are seated under a very tall tree where some light is filtering through the leaves And you can hear the quiet trill of birds and the sound of some crickets somewhere in the forest as well. And you don't really have anything with you. You're alone. Um, It seems like you were just dozing off here underneath this tree. And you can hear some quiet calls and just general background noise coming from down a dirt path that leads in another direction through the forest.
4: Are they, can I hear what they're calling, or
0: is it just, like, kind of ambient noise? It's mostly ambient noise. It sounds like a group of people in general, like a town or something of that sort.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, she just kind of leans back against the tree and keeps relaxing. It's beautiful, and she hasn't felt
0: this relaxed in quite a while. It's while you are just relaxing and admiring the beauty of this forest with the very, very bright greens and the very colorful birds that occasionally fly by or the butterfly that rests on your knee. Uh, You hear another call, this one uh, more distinct. And when you look up, there is a young boy that runs up to you and he grabs at your arm, tugging at the long sleeve on your dress, and he asks you to come and play a game with him.
4: Uh, what game? We're gonna go kick the ball
0: around. Ooh, kick the ball? Who all are we playing with? From everyone else at the village. Come on, they want you to play! They want you to play! Uh, Snow gets up and follows. So, you are pulled down the dirt path towards all the ambient noise that you heard earlier. And you arrive inside of a village of some kind. It doesn't... It it both feels very familiar and also feels very foreign to you. And uh, it is a village that is in the middle of the forest. And there are a number of homes that you can see built into trees but while you see the occasional ladder, there doesn't seem to be a very definitive way of getting up into the trees, nor are there any connecting bridges or anything of that sort to uh, lead from house to house that are up in the trees. There are a couple of the buildings that are located on the forest floor as well, though they are much sparser and smaller and more scattered around. However, you don't really get time to think about it or even realize that it might be a bit strange to see a village set up this way. Because the young boy continues to tug on your hand until you find yourself in a small dirt area where the grass has been ebbed away by people walking or running through or playing around. And the young boy is with a group of other children that range from ages of about seven or eight up to about age 14. And they smile at you and wave and call out to each other. And there is a small ball that is made of leather and cloth that is just tied and stitched together. And it's being kicked around between a couple of the kids. And one of the kids gently kicks it over towards you so that it rolls and just bumps against your foot.
4: Uh, I, I kick it back into the group and kind of run forward to join the action.
0: You begin to play together, and all of you are just kicking the ball around. There doesn't necessarily seem to be a point system or necessarily, like, a thing you have to do to win. It's mostly that everyone's just kicking the ball around, calling out to each other, running after it, taking it from each other, and there are calls of laughter and peals of just happy sounds that are coming from all these children as you all play together. And they'll occasionally give you smiles or playfully bump into you. Um, But they always make sure that you still get a chance with the ball as well. And it's while you're playing with the kids, you've been playing for, it's hard to say how long, maybe it's been about 30 minutes, an hour when you hear a name be called and the syllables, as soon as they enter the air, they seem to be swallowed up into the void so they don't actually stick in your mind. There's not there's nothing for you to actually grasp onto and remember, but you instinctively know that it's your name as you turn to see who it is that called for you. And over by one of the houses that is on the ground, you can see that there is an elderly woman who is waving out to you and calls for you and gestures for you to follow her into the house.
4: I uh I, I- the kids I'm going to go and I go after the woman.
0: So she takes you inside her hand, uh, very lightly on the small of your back as she brings you inside. And on the floor, there is a sick man who is covered in blankets. He's shivering and he has sweat running down his brow. And he seems to be in a kind of sleepless, uh, sorry, not sleepless, a, a kind of sleeping state, but he's very restless as he turns in his sleep and mumbles And the elderly woman kneels down and gently pulls on your wrist for you to kneel down with her. And she takes your wrist, her movement very gentle, very soft, and her hands are uh, unusually warm. They feel like someone who had just uh, finished running their hands through very hot water. And she gently puts your hands uh, over the man's chest. And you know instinctively just like within you and the way that you know things in dreams that she's gesturing for you to heal him.
4: Um all right, I I
0: use healing hands. Your hands begin to glow and you feel that the healing process is beginning. The man's kind of like shifting around. It starts to to diminish as he just lies there looking very peaceful. And as you are focusing on your hands, uh, the, the glowing bright light from your hands seems to grow brighter as everything around you kind of dims down to a darkness until it's just the brightness of your hands that you're seeing. And then suddenly the light on your hands become unbearably hot. Very hot like the woman's hands when she had guided your wrist, but like even more so as though instead of under warm water, your hands were in boiling water that was just scalding your skin and just burning through your flesh. And then you suddenly feel something horrible and sharp pierce your back right on your spine, right between where your wings had erupted that one time. And then suddenly you awaken. Uh, okay. (laughs) And so now we're going to pause and we're going to rewind time a little bit uh, because Sue is not the only one who had a dream last night. So they, you had gone through your trance and it's about like 4.30 a.m. You've gotten up. You've walked around a little bit, you've stretched your legs. Snow is just dead asleep. You can smell some alcohol from her. You can tell that she had more than a few drinks. Uh, What would you do, like, during the, the dead of night when, like, the sun hasn't risen yet? It's very quiet. There's nobody moving around in the mercenary guild. It's just very quiet.
1: Probably writing down in, like, her journal, like, a, a couple of the the things that she might have picked out from when she was, like, flipping through uh, Valen's notes. Um, just trying to keep herself busy by doing, probably, like, reading through some of the books that they picked up from uh, the Thistle's hideout. Just shit like that. Gotcha.
0: So you're working on that for half an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, it's not quite dawn yet, so it's still very dark. You're working probably by candlelight, uh, because even though you have dark vision, it's still easier to see. And uh, the whispers that have been ever present—they're—they're they're very soft. They're like a—they're like a just a buzzing in the back of your brain. They slowly start to get louder, and there's one voice in particular that just becomes a lot crisper. And it says,
5: "Stand up." up, up.
1: They knows that. The voices in her head, but she's still gonna look looking around. Like if there's a mirror in the room, look at that before she does
0: so. When she looks in the mirror, she sees her own reflection. Okay, I feel like face stands up. Uh, so the the voices are just kind of like generally whispering again. It goes that way for about a minute until it almost feels like you had just like hallucinated. Well, hallucinated that voice more so than the whispers already are uh and then that same voice says that same voice says
5: Good night, get out here.
1: okay i do it She's
5: a the door go to the door go to the door
1: uh i'll walk i'll walk over to the door i won't open it or anything
5: go into the hall go into the hall leave the room go into the hall
1: can I, can I listen to s- hear if there's anyone in the hall before
0: I do that? Yeah. Uh, roll a perception
1: check. It's a 10. I've rolled basically t- only 10 and 11 today. I love it. <laughs> uh, you
0: don't hear anyone outside.
1: Okay. Uh, I go out into
0: the hall. There's no one in the hall. It's very dark, dead quiet. You don't even hear like anyone in other rooms stirring about or anything. Um, and then the the whispers continue, and the, the general buzz of whispers has grown a bit louder, and so it's kind of like repeating the uh, words that the main voice is saying, but in like a lower tone, um, and in an almost like chanting manner. And so this one says,
5: Go to the door. Go to the next door. Go to, go to the door.
0: And it's like, it's like just inside your gut, you know that it's, that the voices are telling you to go to the door. Uh, where Carius and Jerome are staying in. Um... Okay, I walked to the door! Uh, yeah. So, as you approach the door, you can feel your own heartbeat start to pick up in pace, and it become, it becomes like... It becomes very noticeable, like, to the same degree as the whispers. And you also notice that the chanting of the whispers are following the same beat as your heart rate. So as your heart rate increases, the whispers chant even faster. And the the voice says,
5: Turn the doorknob. Turn the doorknob.
1: Um, can I... Before I turn the doorknob, can I peek under the door to see if there's, like, any... Um, anything that they, Jerome might have set up, or if it's there's something in front of it.
0: Uh, yeah, roll investigation.
1: Okay. Uh, dirty 20. Don't
0: think I got it. it doesn't look like anything was set up. Okay, I turn the doorknob. Alright. So, as you turn the doorknob, and then you open the door very slowly, it doesn't even make a creak, and you peer inside, uh, you can see Carius that is... Uh, And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ian. You see Carius that is laid on the bed, just curled up under the sheets. Terry is uh, curled up on the pillow beside him. And then across the way by the window, uh, Jerome is currently curled up in the windowsill, not actually on the roof. This time he seems to have chosen to stay uh, inside of the room for the night. And he's just curled up on the windowsill, fast asleep, just conked out, and and then you can also see a slumbering Alice in his lap. What a picturesque moment of serenity. So the voices are again getting louder. It's kind of harder to hear anything else around you. The voices are just much louder and much more uh, prominent. And this time the voices start chanting
5: left foot, right foot, right, right. Left, 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 left.
0: As you feel like this urge to just like move forward towards Jerome. Okay. Um can I
1: Can I try and feel ahead of time if they want me to stab Jerome? Cause that feels where this is headed with a knife in my hand and going towards Jerome. Um, can I can I do like a check for that or something to see if that's the direction this is going?
0: Uh yeah, do insight. Insight on the voices in your head.
1: I rolled with disadvantage because of the wisdom thing. Um and I got an 18 and a 16, so I got a 15 insight. Yeah,
0: there's 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 a feeling of stabbing in the vicinity. <laughs> Okay, yeah,
1: no, Veya's is not feeling that She's not the stabby type um, She doesn't know if she'll even hit Huh. Um, so she's gonna close the door again And try and leave and see what happens Oh God. It's not gonna go well But she's gonna do it
0: So as you close the door So that you can just go back And you're like, I'm maybe not gonna do this uh, That's when you feel a horrendous stabbing pain in, like, the front of your head. It's like the equivalent of, like, three bad migraines just all centered on this one point. Uh, and you're gonna take... Oh! No. Damage! Yeah, damage. What's your... what's your max HP again, just out of curiosity? 27! Uh, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. You're gonna take 16 cool, 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 cool. psychic damage. Oh, okay. Holy shit! So, just the the sharpest... The sharpest, most awful migraine all of a sudden just, like, pierces your skull. Okay.
1: Um. Uh, Faye's gonna go
0: down to the tap room and not go back to her room. Alright. So, you are... You head down the hall, and you head down the steps, so you can go to the tavern. And the whispers are almost like shouts in your ears. They are very loud. And the main voice is just constantly talking to you in just, like, a stream of words. And it's just saying, like,
5: He betrayed you. He stole something from you. He went behind your back. He could have put everyone in danger. He could have put Snow in danger. And you're just going to let that happen? You're going to let him continue to stay in the room? You're going to let him stay on the team after everything he has done to put you and your sister in jeopardy?
0: And the voice is just getting louder, and it's laced in, like so much anger it's laced in like the same kind of anger that you feel in the pit of your stomach not even like just against jerome but against like all of the people that have wronged you it's just lacing inside of this voice and drenching over you like a heavy heavy blanket um i feel as
1: vey is like walking down the hallway in the like the quietest voice just to herself she's just whispering over and over and over again, I'm not them just like half, she sounds like an insane person, cause right now she is insane uh, but like nobody else is up, I'm assuming she's just like speed walking, she's, her head is down, and she's just like whispering that to herself over and over again continuously
0: so she's just walking very quickly, and she's just saying that to herself, and she's trying to convince herself that that this isn't something she would do it isn't something that she wants she's just she's going to walk away she's not going to do anything like that and then you wake up, oh yes, oh, okay who
1: yeah out of out of everyone they wouldn't stab anyone in the group no matter what the fuck is going on in her brain unless she's like literally controlled to do so so that was only gonna go that direction and it could and it might only go in that direction later on you never know you (laughs) never know who's to say never know who's to say well they does exactly what she does in the she doesn't go to their room but she grabs her knife gets up and goes to the tap room cuz she's just like I feel like I never completed the path that I was supposed to go on and now I like I need to complete it just to prove that that was a dream.
0: Uh you actually woke up a lot closer to uh to sunrise like in in your dream partial state of being? What? whatever that was, you had woken you had woken up at like almost exactly four a m like clockwork. You had been doing things for like half an hour, and then all of that happened. So it was like four thirty ish when that all happened. And when you find yourself back in your room, it is now about like five thirty
1: five forty five Fun. Awesome. So it's starting to affect me outside of the dream world. okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. I feel like, they grabs her journal and her knife and sits down, um, at the main eating area, I guess, and waits for the others to get up. And she
0: just calms down. It is now. It is now morning, and everyone else can fully awaken. So, Snow and Karius. Yeah, I think
2: for Carius, he's gonna um, just wake up and grab his stuff, and then he will look at Jerome and just say,
3: do you want to come down to breakfast at all this morning? Jerome visibly thinks about it for a second, uh, and then goes back to looking out the window. Nah, I'll... I got some ration bars. I'll be fine with those. Feel feel free to head I down.
2: Sh- I how about I bring you up something?
3: You you don't gotta go um, out of way you do that. It's it's fine. It's
2: not it's not a problem. You should have a proper breakfast.
3: It's not like I can taste um, it anyway, so bother's much difference for me anyways.
2: <laughs> I suppose, but it'll still be um at least more filling. Um Would that be all right?
3: If you really feel like you gotta, then I won't stop you. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. I don't feel like I
2: have to. I just want to.
3: You're a real one.
2: Garius <laughs> chuckles and and pats Drums back before he um, goes downstairs. Uh, probably, and he probably sees Vay at the in the eating area and goes over.
1: Yeah, there's the, the knife that she had talked about the night before, just sitting there, and then she's just writing in her journal, just like, <laughs> just like random, um, like, f- random things about like the fey and elvish artifacts that they came across, um, that she, that her and Valen talked about stuff. Uh, Good morning. I and mean, he just sets his stuff on the bench and he says, have you had breakfast yet? No, probably not. She wouldn't have. So uh, she looks up from her writing and just uh, says, no, I haven't yet. No.
2: Uh, would you like me to grab it? I'm about to grab some for myself. I can grab some for you as well. Oh,
1: yeah, sure. That'd yeah, be, yeah, sure. That'd, that'd, be, be that'd be great. Okay.
2: And um, he would go over to the bar and get breakfast for both of them in return and hand a plate to V and sit down across from her. Uh, are you doing okay this morning? After everything last night?
1: Uh, no. This has been such a bad day. Like, it hasn't been 24 hours yet since everything, so it's still included in the same day, and it's just not been fun.
2: Carius gives her, like, a sympathetic smile and he says, I... I don't blame you one bit, I... Uh, is there anything I can do to, um,
1: help you feel a little bit better this morning? Uh, no. Uh, I think it's just, I think it just, it feels like getting through today is the priority. Just, like, one day. Like, it's just been, like, nonstop stuff. Just constant. Just like, it'd be great It'd be great
2: If it was With everything being so bad Today, I suppose the only place left to go Is out
1: Yeah, they're really <sighs> yeah, I feel like I Yeah You're right I'm not the best at being optimistic Um So I feel like today It's just like a coasting Like, I feel like currently there's no up to go, since it's like, we're still stuck in the bottom. But, like, if we coast at the bottom, then it creates some, like, momentum to, like, go up, you know? Things will at least get better eventually, I'm sure. Did things go alright with Valen yesterday? Uh, I dropped an artifact, which wasn't ideal, um, but... Uh, anything that I missed out on doing yesterday, I'm meeting with him later to do today. So it's mainly just going over notes. I'm gonna look through some of his his elvish stuff. Um and yeah. That's about that's the plan for today. I don't have much else to do. I might I'll probably just go for like a bunch of walks. I feel like that's a good that's a good like clearing of the head thing to do exactly just sort of like process i probably will go to the library for a bit like do a bit more research since it's kind of like my favorite place and everything and yeah just 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 the good stuff
2: it's a calming place to be i imagine Mm -hmm. very very quiet very
1: calm quiet it's nice what are you up to um,
2: I do uh, Probably not too much today. Um, I think at some point I want to stop by that magic shop again. But, um, other than that, I don't really have any other plans. Um, I'll just work on some projects. Like, uh, I brought down um the supplies for some sewing projects. Do some of that this morning.
1: Oh, fun. So you're just going to hang around here for the day? Yeah, probably most of the day. Yeah, I think Snow already got her relaxing in. Uh when when she ca- I was I was still wait. Yeah. Uh when she came in last night, she was reeking of booze. Yeah, it was it was great.
2: I suppose that's one day one way to uh walk through things.
1: <laughs> exactly. Not not my cup of tea, but you know Yeah, alcohol's just not not it.
4: I think uh at this time Snow walks in looking very not good even remotely. <laughs> and she kind of <laughs> walks over to your guys's table, sits down and her head just goes onto the table and she just kind of Grunts a bit.
1: <laughs> have a fun night out. You okay, you seem to
2: have some bandages.
4: Started by a bar fight, met a woman. Oh. Really hungover.
2: <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I see. <laughs> fun night. She kind of
4: puts a thumbs up but does not move her head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,. Would you like some tea or
4: water? Tea would be great. Thank you.
2: Of course. Uh, and Carius hops up to go get her some tea. <laughs> when he comes back, he says, "I could, if you're feeling um hungover, I have a spell or two that might help."
4: If you want, try. Sure, but I mean, I mean, I might deserve this, to be
2: honest. It's up to you. Um, but I imagine it's not fun.
4: She kind of pulls the blanket off that she brought from the bed in the room and puts it over her head and is just holding the tea and, like, not even drinking it, just staring at it. Does not answer you.
1: Maybe broach the topic a little bit later. She seems a bit walls up, you know? Grumpy.
4: Snow kind of looks over at Vay and just like, I just, I should not be awake yet, but
1: yeah,
4: dreams. You can yeah. go
1: back to sleep.
4: No, 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 no.
1: Okay. She
4: kind of gives gives Vay a little bit deeper of a look, but like clearly is not able to go much further into anything.
1: <laughs> Understandable. I think I'm gonna go hit. A library unless anything else anyone want to come with I know snow you're this is question isn't to you do you want to come with I point <laughs> to curious uh, no
2: thank you but I might join you there later if you're still there I I did have a quick question if you don't mind hmm. before you leave yeah go ahead, go ahead. Uh, last night you mentioned that you had El follow Fallon Um... Can I ask, why do you think something's going to happen? Happen... To Valen?
1: Oh, no, that was simply- Valen was the one that was handling the artifacts, and while we may have gotten rid of the main area of the thistles, I didn't know if perhaps um, they would have been stolen again. Uh, Nothing bad happened, it was just as a precaution. I don't need L all the time, so it was just sort of like a little measure.
2: Uh, okay, I, I just wanted to know. Um, just, I, I...
1: And also, I was meeting up with Valen later on that day, so it sort of just worked out. Yeah.
2: Uh, thank you for telling me. Um, that, that's all. I just wanted to know. Have a have a good time at the library.
1: I will. Uh I guess they will get up. She doesn't really need anything from her bag. She's bringing her journal with her. Uh and then she'll still have her knife. Uh so she gets up and then she'll go to the library and like partway through um her walk to the library, she sort of like scratches her head, like the the front of it and then like presses the palm of her hand into her head um and then just keeps walking none of you see that because she's in the middle of the street and in the crowd but
0: it happens so snow are you mostly just gonna stay at the inn and just kind of like try to sleep things off
4: uh stay at the inn. yeah i she, i don't know if she'll necessarily go back to sleep like that dream kind of fucked with her a little bit but she's definitely not going to be doing anything strenuous if um if if Carius is going to hang around, she'll probably hang with him when he leaves, she'll just go back to her bed and just lie in it.
2: Yeah, I think Carius uh, is going to like chill with her for a little bit after breakfast uh, um, working on probably her cloak.
0: Okay. Do, you, do y'all do that in the, the tavern area, or do you go back to one of the rooms while you do that?
2: Uh, we can go back to one of the rooms. Carius would probably drop off breakfast for Jerome on the way there.
4: Um, out of curiosity, would there be any, like, bland, like, porridge, something that a hungover person could eat with, without feeling too
0: sick? Yeah, there's probably, like, a a very bland oatmeal.
4: Perfect. Snow's gonna get that for breakfast, and she's going to very slowly eat it.
2: I- are you sure you don't want any help with your headache?
4: Uh, I- Yeah, if you you want to try, I I definitely won't complain. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, I would like to cast uh, Protection from Poison on um, Snow, since you said that it's technically a poison.
0: You touch a creature. If it is poisoned, you neutralize the poison. So you, like... You, like... Whatever you do, you like tap Snow's forehead and the hangover just disappears.
2: <laughs> You're welcome, Sam. <laughs> and
0: also and also for one hour you have advantage on saving throws against being poisoned and are resistant oh. to poison damage. God damn. <laughs> oh, the, just the clutch spells that don't seem <laughs> that useful and then it just works. <laughs> so, so, uh, how, how's, the, how's the spell go, Kian? Well yeah, <laughs> give us a description here.
2: I think similar to, like, any other healing spell he uses, it. Just, his, like, fingertips just glow green, and he just tatch- taps fo- So's forehead gently, and
0: f- f- headache gone. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Snow, you feel... Uh your headache is gone you no longer have the splitting headache the nausea has faded you still have just like that that strong fatigue that just comes in general from like having drinking a lot and had not the best sleep uh but in, you no longer have the poison condition so you don't have disadvantage anymore and you you don't feel <laughs> as bad as you once did beautiful
4: snow snow like blinks for a second and looks over and goes you're a miracle worker. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Gary just laughs and
2: gets very shy, and he's like, Oh, it's... Uh, 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 I'm glad I could help. Um,
4: oh, thank you. Uh, man, how many times can you do that? I uh, there, There's someone who might might really like to meet you right now. Um,
2: <laughs> I imagine it's that uh, girl you met last night. It kind of gives her a bit of a... Like a... Knowing look,
4: Snow just, just goes right back to being bright red like she was last <laughs> night. She's just like, um, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. We can do that in a bit if you want. Um,
2: sure. Uh, I don't I, know
4: if she'll be even awake yet.
2: We're not going anywhere today, I imagine. So, um, if you would like to pass by, I don't mind at all. We have, I can spare the energy.
4: Thank you, thank you, I, I I really appreciate that. Um, you said you were going to be working on sewing today. Would you like some company?
2: Absolutely, I would love that. Um, I imagine drums still in the room. Would you like to go to your room? I. It seemed like you didn't really want to be around him right now.
4: <sighs> yeah, I, I would, I would prefer it. But if you would rather be in your room with your stuff, I won't object.
2: I I already brought my supplies. I it's all right. All right. Um, I'll just grab food for him on the way. And Karius does just that and follows Snow
0: upstairs. So you're just gonna hang out and work on the cloak for a bit. Yeah. While uh, while he's
4: snowing, snowing. <laughs> while oh he's God. snowing, yes. <laughs> well, he is sewing, and I assume also like measuring snow's like wingspan and not literal wingspan but her arms and <laughs> shit like that like you know they're they're chatting i think um snow would probably bring up Carius's tattoos because that's something that they have in common yeah uh, she'd be like oh uh tell, tell me about your tattoos or i assume do they have meaning or are they just pictures
2: Uh, most of them have meaning. I have a few that are just kind of pretty. Um, but most of them have some sort of meaning. Um, uh, actually, uh, and he kind of lifts up his, like, glove a little bit to show, like, the, uh, the tattoo of, like, roses on his arm, the roses and vines. And he says, I got this one after, uh, Valen and I broke everything off. Um, I tend to get tattoos to remember people by, um... More often than not. Um, what about you? Your I love the your tattoos are very lovely. I I haven't had the chance to mention it, but they're very cool. Um, is there any special meaning for them?
4: Oh well. Um, first of all, the the roses are beautiful. I, I I love them, and I like that you the meaning you have for them. That's that's very sweet. Um, well, obviously the 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 ba- the new back one wasn't exactly. Uh, Planned,
2: <laughs> bit of an involuntary one.
4: Yeah, but not gonna lie, it's pretty cool.
2: <laughs> I, it Does I, look I, very sick.
4: I quite like it. Like, uh, not mad, not mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the 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 face the face uh, tattoos. They are. I I got them a bit in memory of, you know, fae and elven history. That was, you know, something that our ancestors did as a way to tell stories and to commemorate status and things like that. But um, I I got them to uh, cover up some marks that I had no choice in, unfortunately. Figured I'd make them something more positive.
2: Carius nods, and he says, I have a few covering up, some scars as well, I understand. Um, that's that's a beautiful meaning, though. Um, we actually kind of um, match in the back tattoos now. I have one of a falcon. Um, on Yeah, I don't show it off very often, but... Uh,
4: May I ask what that one is for? You said that often yours are for uh, membering people, correct?
2: Yeah, um... I had a mentor um, the one who taught me druidic magic uh, and uh, she, her favorite wild shape was a falcon um, yeah and so uh, I got it to remember her by um, shortly after I entered Ushadal um, it was I think one of the very first tattoos I ever got
4: has has your mentor ever seen it? I'm, I'm sure that they would love it
2: oh uh no, um, Hannah looks down and away and says, uh, I lost her some time ago. Um, but, uh, maybe I don't, I don't put much stock into where reli- the, I don't have much religious beliefs of my own. Um, but maybe one day there will be some sort of afterlife we can meet again. And, um, but, uh, no, she's she's never seen it. She had many tattoos for her own, though.
4: Snow kind of smiles and puts a hand on his shoulder, but like lightly, so she doesn't jostle him while he's holding needles and shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of she kind of smiles a bit and goes, "Whatever your beliefs, someone that meant that much to you is sure to find you again."
2: That kind of makes Carius very emotional, like. Like he has to blink a couple times and looks away, and he just um, smiles a bit and says, "Oh, th- thank you. I um, I appreciate it." Uh, speaking of religious beliefs, I don't think I've ever asked. You're you're a cleric, but I don't think I've ever asked what deity you worship. If you're comfortable sharing, of course. If you're not, that's okay.
4: Yes. Well, um, I was I was raised in a uh, temple of Pelor, so I, I suppose that would be considered my mate, but quite honestly, I view religion in a, uh, in a different way than a lot of clerics do, and I am more about gaining knowledge about all clerics, and, or all religions, and um, discovering the benefits of all of them, not just
2: one deity. Carrius kind of smiles, and he says, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I like to... I don't investigate it much, but um, I do also believe in all religions having a... some points of their own. Actually, we have a bit in common there, um, if you can believe it. I... When my uh, parents, my birth parents died, I... Was taken in by a temple of paylor for a little while
4: oh really um honestly, I almost want to apologize, but I'm hoping your experience was better than mine.
2: Carius laughs very sardonically <laughs> he says no
4: oh i'm i I'm, I'm so sorry i'm honestly I'm wondering if uh we've covered the same type of scars
2: M- maybe I'm not sure. Um, snow just gives like a knowing like sad smile. <laughs> Carius returns it, and he says uh the, the it's always nice to have solidarity and experiences like that at least
4: <laughs> i can given that i can honestly, I can understand why you don't put too much weight into religion, but i if it if it helps at all, I would like to say that. Not all followers of all deities act in such a manner.
2: Yeah, uh, I've learned that of uh, I've learned a little bit of that over time, and you're definitely um, very wonderful. Um,
4: she kind of just like smiles and is just like, "Oh, this is a really awkward thing to bond over, but it is happening."
2: <laughs> trauma bonding. <laughs> Trauma bonding, baby—the <laughs> most trauma bonding. <laughs> I imagine they would go ahead. Uh, I imagine they would trail off that topic after like a little bit, um, because like it's an awkward topic to discuss, and like after a moment, Carries would ask on a lighter topic, um, do you want to tell, tell me anything about this, uh, this, this girl that you've met that will be maybe passing by later? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um,
4: again, snow, just kind of like a little less red, but like there's a hint of pink on her face and a lot of the confidence she had last night is now gone. (laughs) Um, and, and, Snow kind of just like smiles and, uh, she goes, well, her name is Mitra. Um, she is, she's adorable. She has the most beautiful eyes. Uh, sorry, off topic. Um, she, <laughs> uh, she, she helped me with, uh, some of the wounds after the, the bar fight that I was in, in which, by the way, I kicked ass.
2: But <laughs> I can only imagine.
4: <laughs> but uh, yeah, she is she's she's beautiful and um Well, we had a lovely evening and uh I'm hoping I'm hoping to keep contact with her.
2: I hope so for you, your sake as well. That sounds wonderful. Um I'm very happy you've got to have such a good experience. Just, um I mean the bar fight sounds like a mixed experience, but I mean, uh, honestly, considering... it was a good experience at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine anyone who decides to pick a fight with you would be very sorry, indeed. Yeah, he
4: didn't even try and pick a fight with me; just tried it to hit on me.
2: That sounds that sounds like probably would result in the same thing if it was unwanted. Pretty much. <laughs> Um,
4: so so what about you? I, I know that there was the whole thing with uh, Valen, but is there anyone else in your life?
2: Carius is blushing. As <laughs> Snow says that.
4: Oh, Snow is giving uh, a very, like, knowing, like, hey, you gonna talk about it with me smile?
2: Carius <laughs> is not meeting her eyes under any circumstances.
4: Well, I just want to say if there is, um, staying silent benefits nobody.
2: However, uh, uh, I'm trying to stick away from romance after Valon. Um, so crushes I may have, but, um, it, it's not, I doubt it's requited and, uh,
4: if it's the person I'm thinking, it probably is requited. Uh, I, I have no clue what you're talking about. Snow kind of laughs and like agrees to drop it, and then she goes, "Hey, um, on a different subject, want to say something kind of funny?" Sure. She reaches into her bag and pulls out a book, and you can see the title of it is "Draconic for Dummies." <laughs> And she chose it to him and goes, This has become my religious book.
2: <laughs> Carius cracks up a little bit too like most of that was me, but Carius <laughs> cracks up. And he goes, May I, May I ask why? And how? Honestly,
4: completely by accident, but it was too ironically funny to not keep. i i can't blame you that's pretty fantastic (laughs) that's that's why i can speak somewhat draconic is solely because of this book (laughs) that's that's
2: kind of beautiful
4: (laughs) (laughs) i'd say after that their talk just kind of goes to like much lighter topics like very just chill silly kind of comments until uh until Carius is like ready to stop snow- sewing. My God, I can't say that <laughs> word anymore. <laughs> ready to
0: stop sewing. Uh, quick pause. Check in with Jerome and Vey. Do either of you want to do anything in particular for a scene?
3: I mean, I'm just doing stuff with Alice. I'm Jerome is trying very very hard to be a good bean and be trustworthy. In their he has a good
0: eyes.
3: bead. He is trustworthy. <laughs> it to an extent. <laughs> to an extent, he's like you know what she they they had issues with me going off by myself. I'm not gonna go off by myself. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chill here. I don't have anything fucking better to do. I'm just gonna show Alice all these cool tricks that I know and teach her the ways of being awesome. Adorable. So that, that's then, that's what he's doing. Unless anybody else does anything else with going into the
0: room. Uh, is Vae doing anything in particular? Or just hanging out at the library?
1: Uh, she's just... Yeah, she's probably just hanging out at the library. Um, probably looking for anything that she might have missed the other day, but probably not. Probably writing down more info. Like, more obviously, because she wasn't doing that before. Um since Mogan was sort of, like, hanging around and, like, carrying their books and shit, but um, yeah, just doing that until I'm meeting up with
0: uh, Valon. Okay. Then, uh, would you like to go to the magic shop that you mentioned?
2: I would. I would probably drop by my room to drop, because I don't want to take my whole sewing project along, but I would want to grab my focus. Um, (laughs) uh, drop by the room I'm sharing with Jerome, and like, just let him know where I'm going before I leave.
3: Oh, you headed out? Can I, could I possibly tag along with you? I have not been indoors for such a long period of time. In a really long time, I am fucking bouncing off the walls here. I am so claustrophobic right now.
2: Of Dude. course. Uh, I was wondering if you were feeling a bit cooped up.
3: No, yeah, um, a little bit.
2: Of course. Uh, you're more than welcome to come along. I'm just. Uh, Going by the magic shop.
3: Thank fuck.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Jerome and Caris go together.
0: What's Snow gonna do during this beam?
4: Ah. Um. I I would think she's gonna, like, she's gonna take some time to meditate. It's been a bit since she meditated and, like, hung out in her head and and reflected. So I think she's gonna do a lot of soul-searching. Um, probably she's going to very much want to go and contact Mitra, but her, she's scared it's too soon to just immediately go back to her house. So she's just like, you know what? It's, it's great. It's fine. It's quite It's fine. <laughs> so she's mostly just going to like hang out in
0: her room. She's going to read a little bit. Stuff like that. All right. Then we will focus on Carius and Jerome as they head to the magic shop.
3: So like I was saying, like you ever sleep on a, I know know you sleep out of doors a lot, but like you ever sleep on a roof and see like how wonderful the experience is? Because if not, you should should really try it. It's like, it's so good. Like I cannot overemphasize how good roof sleeping is unless you've actually tried it. Like a lot of people are like really weirded out and skeeved out about sleeping on roofs for some fucking reason. But honestly, it's not that bad. It's pretty enjoyable. I...
2: I can't say I've ever slept directly on a roof. I've slept high up before. Um, but uh, mostly to stargaze. Um, but uh, I haven't slept on a roof. Um, I'd be more than willing to give it a shot with you sometime. though. Uh, I always like trying new things.
3: Nope. Yeah, that's valid. Uh, quick tip, before you do any sort of roof sleeping, quick word of advice, get used to having to sort of pin yourself in place it's a, a little bit not really depends on how flat the roof is like the angle, the incline you got to figure out like the tiling and stuff to know how secure you got to make yourself i've gotten very good at figuring that sort of shit out um and also there's like you're exposed to the open air which you're experienced too um so like you got gotta be prepared for that um but otherwise you enter the magic times. shop
0: <laughs> <laughs> while, while Jerome is giving this spiel, you enter the magic shop
2: Karish just opens the door gently nodding along like you know how you do as you're talking to someone as you're walking
3: Jerome's just very passionate about Roof
0: sleeping and I love him <laughs> <laughs> so as you enter the magic shop the the little bell above the door gives out a little jingle and you hear the same voice of the old woman from before. Oh, hello! Just one second. And uh, there's nothing for about thirty seconds, and then suddenly, boop! She pops up from behind the counter. Well, hello there. Oh, I recognize the two of you But wait, wait, was Jerome there for the magic shop yeah. last time? Okay, no, yeah, thought. she thought he was you a goblin. Potion
3: of no taste.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, I recognize the two of yous. What brings you back here?
2: Uh, I have a question. Um, I he have an answer. <laughs> and he reaches up to Terry, who is probably chilling on his horns, Um, and he takes him down so he can hold him in his hands as he talks. Um, This is my friend Terry, uh, and I can converse with Terry quite easily through uh, wild shape and through... Uh, my, I have the spell speak with animals, but I want to be able to talk to him more often without using as many spell slots because I do have to conserve those for the life that I live um, most of the time. And I was wondering if you would have any options to be able to maybe prolong the spell or speak to him more often without using spell slots. Just any advice you could give me to pursue a solution to this?
0: She kind of looks at Terry and she leans forward, she adjusts her big glasses, and then she kind of like mumbles something to herself and her glasses glow for a moment. Um, and then she says, Well, aren't you a pretty little bird? And then uh Terry like puffs up a little bit and starts aggressively tweeting, and she goes, Oh, what a dirty little mouth you have. <laughs> And she she looks back to uh Carius and she says, "Well, well, sonny, what what you can't you can't speak to him all the time? I ha- I can
2: do many things as a druid, but I can't speak to animals all the time.
0: But isn't isn't he a familiar? No, he's just a chickadee. No, he's just a familiar. What? No, he's not. It... Terry, are you a familiar? And I would like
2: to cast speak with animals.
0: (laughs) He puffs up a little bit and he goes, I I thought you could have told that. I would think that a druid would know the difference between a regular old bird and a familiar. Do you think all birds could talk as eloquently as I can?
2: Fair point. I'll I'll concede on that. I did not realise he was a familiar. And he says that to the um person (laughs) Rain.
0: Blanked. <laughs> you haven't asked for her name, so it makes sense why you're blanking. <laughs> uh, she she kind of like gives a small nod. What well, if if he's not you're familiar? Then who is he? I
2: have no idea, actually. Terry, who do you have someone
0: already? I do. I've been I've been searching for him all across this blasted country. Couldn't he summon you? I suppose they could. Ah.
2: I see. Um... Well, uh, later on you can- you should tell me more about it. Maybe I'll be able to keep an eye out and help you out with that search.
0: Critically Chaotic is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast brought to you by the following people. The DM is Xan, who can be found as at Zandir on all platforms. They is played by Alex, who simply cannot be found. Snow is played by Bean, a.k.a. Alexa, who can be found in a variety of ways, but mainly at Alexandra underscore Jaden on Twitter. Karius is played by Kian, who can be found as at LostFanboy on most platforms. Jerome is played by Lady, who writes, quote, and that's all you get, you dirty gremlins. Mogan is played by Queen, who chooses not to be located at this time, or ever. Leaf is played by Sayla, also known as Strawberry online, who can be found as at underscore Strawberry Milk on Twitter. The theme song is Melody by Emery. If you would like to support Critically Chaotic, please consider leaving a five-star review and following us on whatever podcast listening platform you are currently using. You can find us at Crit Pod on Twitter with no underscores, where we post updates and retweet fan content. For any other platform you would like to see us on, please look in the description. We will see you next week for the continuing adventures of Anima. Have a great week, everyone. We've had the same tragic backstory. <laughs> hey, we got we
2: both had that religious trauma, baby. Oh, good old religious
4: trauma in the gays over here.